Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Hey y'all, welcome back to Let Me Introduce You, a films and friends, best friend, best friends podcast. Um, you know, what do, what do we do? Who are we? What's this whole thing you're listening to? We are three best friends from film school. We've known each other almost 20 years and we have so much in common, except our taste in film. Wildly divergent. So uh, in the true spirit of friendship, every week we introduce a movie to at least one other person uh, and we get our reactions, our hot takes, uh, our loves, our loathes, and everything in between. This week... Our loaves. Yeah. Not, not Loaf, necessarily loaves, loaves of, bread. of bread, although we love bread, but... Give me a fucking marble rye and I'm oh, there. Yes. Yes, a good marble Can rye. Can we have an episode where we talk about we introduce each other to our favorite breads? <laughs> Just that will be our mini. Some, let me introduce you. And just do some ASMR and just eat the bread. Oh, I hate it. It's ASMR. I've never gotten out. into ASMR. I don't. That's because it's weird. I, don't, I feel like I would either like it or hate it. Hey, we're not gonna knock other people's fetish fetish. I'm just saying. I mean, it's yeah, weird we don't we don't me. yuck other people's yum as long as it doesn't violate you know. Especially if the yum is marble rye. Mm. <laughs> now you've just got me thinking about Cheesecake Factory. And other things. Anyways, getting (laughs) back to paying attention. This is why sometimes I think I have ADHD. Um, So we like to break things down, you know, talk about why it's memorable. We are currently on episode four, season two of our third theme. Let's get musical, musical, musical. I like how you two were together, but late. It's like we do that on purpose. Um, Yeah. So today... um, it's a pick by me, Ashley. Oh, hey, yeah, that's just the woman who's been yammering on at you. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts. My name is Graham. Oh, I'm Katie. Oh, Katie, what a terrible accent. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt a British accent, despite Katie and I spending a few months living in London. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. And why are we trying to attempt or not attempt British accents? Uh, because this week, we're discussing... Disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> this movie was not disgusting. I actually really not, liked it's it. Not disgusting. It's fantastic. We are discussing. We are having a discussion about 1984's This Is Spinal Tap. Why are we talking about this? Why did Ashley choose it? Um, it was one of those films that I actually hadn't seen for so long. I think I watched this last year. Although, doesn't it just feel like 2020 never ended. I mean, I watched it in 2020, and even though we're in 2021, we all get that, right? Pandemic timeframes. Yes, in our in our recording time, even though we record a bit earlier than they actually go live, we are almost at the year uh, pandemic mark where where we all started. So yeah, it's running in my head. Yeah, I'm like a week away from my my lockdown anniversary. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, I really do dig Christopher Guest. Um, he is the one who kind of helms this idea and all of the sort of mockumentary, uh, satire, things that come after it. This was definitely one of those films where everyone's like, you haven't seen this, you know, and just really throw like, but you went to film school back in your face. Um, everyone who says that can suck it. I hate (laughs) that response. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't, right? Graham, do you like it or do you dislike it? Do you loaf it? <laughs> um, I mean, my response is always like, there literally are 20,000 movies, so calm down. I know, it's really hard. And they haven't seen Teen Witch, so I'll be like, you haven't seen Teen Witch? Teen Witch is really good, okay? <laughs> We're doing a future app of that. Yeah. Katie, you haven't seen Teen Witch? Oh my gosh, get, oh my God, get ready. Ready! <laughs> For some... What is that? Late Don't 80s delightfulness? No, no, shh. Don't even tell her. I mean, nothing. I mean, it's no Halloween 3. But and it's no Pippi Longstocking. And it's no Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> um, yeah, before we start talking a bit more about the film, Graham, will you provide us with a synopsis since yes. you had not seen this? But Katie, you've seen it. Yes, All I've right. seen this. Yes, and I'm going I'm going to try and make this as brief as possible because it's kind of a kind of a easy, easy summary to do. Um, so this is a, a kind of a musical documentary, mockumentary style film with um, this documentary filmmaker named Marty 
who's played by Rob Reiner, also the director, who is following this English rock band called Spinal Tap around their U.S. tour. And Spinal Tap is made up of David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell, who are best friends. Um, and that's vocals and guitar. And uh, Derek Smalls, who is the uh, bassist. Bassist? Bassist? Bassist. Bassist. And that is made up of Michael McKean, um, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shearer. And so basically it follows their U.S. tour where they used to be playing at arenas and now they're playing smaller venues and constantly getting their dates canceled because just people aren't buying enough tickets and there's just not a lot of interest in, in their performances anymore. And they're kind of like a hard rock band that are promoting a band, uh, promoting an album called Smell the Glove, which... Love. What a weird name. has a very controversial album title that is described by Fran Drescher, who is playing one uh, character in the film. Um, so they're basically just like trying to make things work, but realizing that like they're not as popular as they used to be. Um, and they go through all these different pratfalls throughout their their tour. And David's girlfriend ends up coming and joining and causes a rift between. Um, him and Nigel because she's introducing all these new ideas and their tour manager quits during all of this as well. Um, and it all kind of culminates in this just fiasco uh, related to um, some misunderstanding about a piece of Stonehenge that, that, is, that is supposed to, <laughs> to be a part of their big... Uh, performance. Um, essentially, they were expecting a giant piece of Stonehenge replica, and it ended up being 16 inches high because they got <laughs> they got their measurements. Because up he wrote inches instead, instead of, of feet. feet. Um, and so Nigel ends up like quitting because he's like super embarrassed about where things are going with their band, and and David and the rest of them are trying to like keep going on. But then at the end. Nigel shows up and says, you know what, guys, like, we're, we're really big in Japan. And the movie ends with them, like, starting a tour in Japan and um, kind of realizing that they're very, very popular over there. Um, that description doesn't do justice to the utter hilarity and jokes that are littered throughout this movie. But that's kind of just, like, the gist of the story. You done, guys. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the... Critical response is a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and the summary of what uh, critics would say is that smartly directed, brilliantly acted, and packed with endlessly quotable moments, This is Spinal Tap is an all-time comedy classic. Mm-hmm. And really, if you haven't seen this, oh my God, you get to be introduced to it, and it's going to be so exciting. No shame here. Except That's between the true. three of us, but not to our audience. Right. Not at all. Not to Never. our listeners. Hey, Graham, what was the box office on this one? Yeah, so this opened March 2nd in 1984. I'm shocked Good that, year. We, Good year. that mm-hmm. we have yes. a film that takes place, that was released in the 80s in our podcast. We've never done that. I know, surprising. <laughs> Weird. Um, it, it was a limited release film by Embassy, Embassy Pictures. It was released in only three screens its first weekend. It made about $30,000, but resulted in a... And it opened the same weekend as Repo Man. Mm. And it, it was a budget of $2 million and ultimately made $4.2 million. So, you know, for an independent-ish kind of a film, uh, did did pretty well, doubling its budget. Well done. And it has now achieved cult status. I mean, so. cult status, yeah. It goes up to 11. That's what these go to. to 11. These go to 11. <laughs> but these, they, why not just put them down to, down to 10? Why wouldn't 10? Why, why, why wouldn't you just make 10 why, louder? Why wouldn't just 10? But these go to These, these go, go to 11. To 11. <laughs> <laughs> so this film was um, written, and what I mean by written is that Harry Shearer, Yay. Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Rob I love all of these people. (laughs) The four of them attempted to write a script and they just ended up doing a 20 minute film treatment to convey their ideas. Although pretty much most of this film was improvised. You know, they said, here are your characters. Here's the setting. Here's where we want it to go. Um, And they actually tried to get everyone credit, I believe through the WGA. um, But... 
they said no and just gave those four credit for writing it. We have our fearless director, Rob Reiner. He originally was also going to be in the band, and then Harry Shearer said he didn't look good in spandex. (laughs) (laughs) So he took on the role of the director in the film as well as actually um, directing it. And it's his directorial debut. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's so embarrassing for me. It's uh, in terms of a feature. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. I I super enjoy Rob Reiner. I love his dad. Um, Carl. Carl Reiner. Yeah, Carl Reiner's the best. Mm -hmm. I think they're awesome. I really dig Rob Reiner. What I don't like is his facial hair. In this film, like it's I very do, specific. I do not understand men who grow beards but then shave their cheeks down, so it's like a chin strap and a goatee. There is a specific name for this facial hairstyle, and I hate I know it. it. What is it called, Graham? It's called hot. No, ew, <laughs> sick. I hate chin straps. I hate so goatees, it's, it's, it's and then like this combines thin- it. Thin here and then like around this. Yes, and Katie was gesturing. She's moving along her jawline and then just gesturing to <laughs> where the goatee covers the mouth. But they shave their cheeks down. I don't get it, man. You've got beautiful hair on coming out of your face. Have a full fucking beard. Be. It was a different time, Ash. Oh my god, yeah, I know people I who mean, still do men, it to you this know, day. It like grows, it it grows all the way up to their cheeks and then like. I've and then it starts it go, to cover yeah, their entire the face, cheeks, and, and then it goes up to it connects to their eyebrows. Yeah. Okay. Who are these men that cool. you're seeing? That who are you? These men that you're spending time with that have hair up to their eyelids? I've seen it. Like I've seen like the bits of hair, and they like grow grow up here, and then like you up know to the apples of no like grow the, the Armenians apple. are a very hairy oh, okay. people. Yeah. Well, Rob Reiner's not Armenian, so he doesn't have an excuse. All right. No, that's he's true. He's like. He's getting rid of the good part of your cheek jaw. We'll call it your cheek jaw that gets shaved. Apples of your cheek. The jowls. Yeah. No, the jowls well, good are thing he's on our next. Well, the good oh, thing he's true. on our next segment, so we can ask him directly. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Love you, Robert. Thank you, Mr. Reiner. I, just, I think you're great. Don't listen to Ashley. You grow whatever hair you want to grow. Listen, man. I just like a full beard, Rob, man. Rob, okay? listen. If you can I grow do. that full of a beard, like there are so many men who can't and wish they could. Yes, so that's very true. It's a slap in the face. I also, I can't grow a beard, and I just wish that I kind of could, you know? No, thank you. Why don't you, you try? I, how do you actively try to grow a beard when you, you just go, think you about just, it? You just, like, hold your breath and go... And just squeeze out the <laughs> just hair. squeeze it out. I'll work on that. <laughs> this is going to turn in from a film, a friends and film podcast to Ashley trying to grow facial hair podcast. To an intervention yes. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, refocusing. This actually got such a great reaction from a lot of musicians, and a number of them didn't realize that it was satire because <laughs> it rang so true they thought it was real. Like, really funny. Yeah, like Ozzy Osbourne and Steven Tyler, and they just like he Ozzy Osbourne said when the first time he was watching it, he said he didn't laugh. He thought it was a real documentary. U2's The Edge said, I didn't laugh, I wept because it was so close to the truth. Oh my God, these (laughs) babies. Like, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah, Steven Tyler, like, he thought they were making fun of, like, a recent Aerosmith album cover that, like, didn't go over very well. But that also shows you, like, how well done this was, that if actual musicians thought it was real or, like, said it was so real... Well done, team. Yeah. Graham, you did a great job introducing Thank introducing you. us to our title characters. You're 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 wonderful at that. Um, Rob Reiner is the director, Marty DeBergi, which is a amalgam, a mix of four directors. So Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, and then either Federico Fellini or Michelangelo Antonioni. Um, so I was like. All right, you know. I'm going to go with Fellini there because I don't know who the other one is. Same. Neither do I. And I didn't look it up because I wanted to embarrass myself. Oh. So. <laughs> Plus, like, I know Fellini. So I'm like, yeah, no, it's got to be Fellini. Ah, uh, Fellini. It's got to be Fellini. You know. Yeah, this film is 
fucking hilarious. And to know, like, this to me is what separates out, like, average actors from people who are really good at their craft and especially folks who are good at improv because you have to be so confident in your understanding of a character and so trusting of the other people to be able to all of you improvise versus one person improvising and just kind of like what happens oh my god it just blows my fucking mind it also was so difficult they had to bring on three editors because there was just so there was so much (laughs) film and it's like how do you carve a story out about and especially this is like a tight 82 minutes yeah right yeah. it is like yeah. it is over before it even begins mm-hmm. so yeah i wonder like i wonder how i guess maybe on the blu-rays there may be deleted scenes i don't know like hopefully. yeah i wanted to look up and see like because i knew it was so improv i was like i wonder if there's like yeah i'm a big fan of like the blooper reel or the gag reel um so i was like i wonder if that exists but i i ran out of time to look it up they're, they're actually, depending on whether it's like Blu-ray or what edition, there are a lot of different features on different like DVD Blu-ray releases. And in one of them, <laughs> Christopher Gaz and Michael McKean and Harry Shearer actually do a commentary track, but as their characters. So it like makes you want to collect all the different versions just so you can, can get access to them. I ended up watching it on HBO Max. That's where I watch it too. Yeah, we had access to that. And that's the one thing that I really don't like about streaming is that you never get access to special features. And I really wish that, I really wish we could have access to that. But I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to keep a reason to have people keep buying, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays. But It's true. I don't know. Well, I can't even remember the last DVD I ever bought. Neither can I. I'm a big I'm a big sucker for if I see like the three dollar or like the five dollar DVD, I'll buy it. But the problem now is like, how do you play them? Like, I have a DVD player in the I have two in the garage, and I'm like looking at my computer right oh, now. She's and I'm got like, two. There's, there's no disc. There's no disc drive. So yeah, the at least the tech industry is trying to push you more and more towards towards streaming or digital digital downloads or whatever. Can we just talk about how many folks were in this film? Graham, you started talking about Fran Drescher. Keep going. Fran Drescher as shows Bobby up Fleckman. In this, as Bobby Fleckman. Uh, I love her. I mean, she's, she's, I'm gay. Uh, she's Fran Drescher. So <laughs> there's like later an episode of The Nanny where she like references Bobby Fleckman yeah. and like plays both characters. Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal as are in mimes. This. As mimes. Oh my God, at the record party. Billy Crystal had one of my... So I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I saw it in college for the first time. And uh, he, uh, what, Billy Crystal has one of my favorite like throwaway, very quick one-liners that I had never really heard before until I watched it for, for this time. And you know, he's dressed as a mime, and he's, he's a waiter, and he's trying to push the other waiters along. And he goes, come on, mime is money, my friend. Yep, yep. Yes. Yep. So and I was like, I had never heard that before. There's also um, Ed Bagley Jr. is in it as well. Oh, my God. He plays their first drummer when they're in their, like, Beatles phase. It was so perfect. I go to Bob, that's Ed Bagley Jr. He's like, what? And that song. So early on in the careers, they were what, called the Originals or something? Yes. And And then someone else was called the the Originals. originals. So then they would be the new Originals. The new Originals. (laughs) Um, And then that song that they played was Give Me Some Money. Which I didn't know was from this movie because I only knew it from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh my God, I love that movie. Remember? Katie, yes. have you seen that? Yes. Of course I have, yes. <laughs> Some people haven't, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but he's in it. And then also we have Bruno Kirby, who's from uh, Limo Driver, from, who's a limo driver, who's also from When Harry Met Sally. Oh my God, I City Slickers, uh, Godfather 2, oh everything. God, rest in peace. Yeah. Oh my God, um, he is so New York in this. Like, yeah. And I just love it. And I love seeing him and Billy Crystal because my first introduction to them was When Harry Met Sally. Oh my yes. God. Now wait, uh, so I when I was watching the movie, it said Angelica Houston was in it. Yes. Which character was she? Because I totally missed it. Oh my she god! She built the, per- the set piece. That was she Angelica was the Houston. artist. That was Angelica <laughs> Houston. Like we're used to her of like a different look. She had like a slightly softer look. I always think of her and I think of the Adams family, right? Because I just yes. kind of, of want to yes. aspire to that. But I was like, oh my god, that's How Angelica did I not Houston. Even I know that I didn't recognize Angelica that Houston. either. 
Now I want to go back and rewatch that scene for, for more than just that reason, because I think it's my favorite sequence in the whole movie. The, the Stonehenge. But also we have the late, great Fred Willard, who shows oh, up yes. uh, at the uh, Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. The, all these other like random people that you're like, oh, that person. Oh, yeah, that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fred Willard had so many ridiculous oh lines too, where oh he's God. like, he's like, are you guys spinal tarp? Uh, but I love all your music. I love all your records. I mean, rock and roll in general, not you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is just like, I feel like Fred Willard makes everything better. I mean, he goes on to be featured in a lot of Christopher Guest projects. And in, I think it was 2003s or maybe it was a little bit later, A Mighty Wind. He says one of my favorite lines where he's like you know and then maybe you're playing your guitar and you tip it over and a fish falls out and you go what happened what happened oh my god <laughs> actually so that's the good. second time you've done you reference that i you can't i can't stop i too. love it i love it i just it pops into my head all the time i rewatched best in show this afternoon while like oh doing some i want to rewatch it too i haven't seen it in years i love that movie oh my god he plays the the commentator oh he's just he's freaking hilarious yes oh god fred willard yeah and then um Paul Schaefer as Artie Fufkin. Yeah. As the promoter who just like with like a terrible comb over and oh God. And he's just like, like flagellated. It's like, this is all my fault. It's all my fault or whatever. There's also um, Howard Hessman shows up in this. You know, so he's the manager of the more popular solo act that they all run into. Oh my God. Yes. So also, I mean, he's, was in the end of Clue uh, as well, mm-hmm. but the reason why he was he also out in Night Court, no. or head of the class. The reason, yes. So he was in head of the class, which is also on HBO Max, and I've been watching a shit ton of head of the class. Shut up! I used to Actually, love that show. The, okay, the entire series is on HBO Max. Yes. It's. I was obsessed with head of the class. Do you know what head of the class is, Katie? So it was a Howard Hessman vehicle. This is after he did WKRP in Cincinnati a couple years later. And he played this kind of like out of work actor who got a job teaching very smart kids at a high school in New York City. And it's just about him like being their teacher and his interactions with them. I remember loving that show. Ashley, you loved it. I feel like I'm going to fucking hate it now as an educator to be like... It just is, any out of work actor can come in and teach kids. It is horrendously bad. <laughs> but, have, but have I watched sixty episodes in the past <laughs> two weeks? Yes. Yes. And you also know why? Because the theme song is a bop. <laughs> it is. It is. Can you sing a little for us right now? Well, um, it's instrumental. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you? But like, I can try. A little? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Shit. Let me get some water. Yeah, prepare your instrument in order to perform for us. Lubricate your instrument, please. (laughs) You know, Ashley? You sound insane. No. Ashley, join me anytime. I... No. I'm doing the whole fucking thing. Oh my god. I'm not stopping this. Oh my god, that was amazing. Was the but I, y'all? Yeah, okay. just you don't well you don't done. hit you don't hit skip intro with that. No, you absolutely absolutely not do not. So I'm so glad we could be here to talk about Heather Class today. So. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to get musical. Yeah. Speaking of being a bop, so when uh, I, I closely associate some of the songs in this movie with college, because again, when I first saw it, I really loved like um, Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight and um, uh, Big Bottom Girls or Big Bottom. Uh, yeah. And I would, I remember downloading them on Napster and or Nap- not Napster. I downloaded Lime them on LimeWire. Yes, LimeWire. Lime I downloaded them on LimeWire. It was one of the like millions of things that killed my computer at the yep. time. Uh, it wasn't but me. I, I did that I, two I years still later. Have. Mine was that was a different epi- computer. Yeah, mine was episodes of the Gummy Bears and lots of gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> mine was just shitty. What a like, weird mix. Rugs. I just like <laughs> love Saturday morning cartoons and. <laughs> no, but I still have all the shit. files too. Oh my you god. Know? Too? 
Of course, yeah. I have. I downloaded all the seasons of Friends before they came out on DVD. Um, but I downloaded uh, a few of these songs, and it's funny because I'm watching it and I'm like re-listening to the songs, and the song lyrics are so fucking funny. Yeah. Are we pa- one- are we past the statute of limitations for when we can be charged for illegally downloading things? Allegedly, allegedly illegally downloading it's, things. It's been over twenty years. I'm oh, sure yeah, we're, we're fine. fine. Oh, good. Um, if not, um, my name is Debbie. Uh, and <laughs> my name is Graham Vass. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we're here with John Henson. <laughs> That's it. It's my new. It's my if new you've thing. listened to our Lost of Horrors episode, you John know what that's Henson. in reference to. Thank you. But if you haven't, Thank you. Go back. I deserve that. Yeah, please oh. go listen to that. Please go listen to that. Yeah, this music, I, so what I really appreciated is like in their satire, the, and we kind of saw this in Walk Hard, right? And I think they had picked it over, but like seeing the ways in which this is Spinal Tap had sort of evolved, you know, starting out, I talk about like David and Nigel is like being young friends, um, like in grade school or whatever the proper term is when you're British. Um, primary, primary Thank school. you, primary school. Um, and just like creating some little song and doing their like soft Beatles thing or whatever. And then, you know, they get into like a little bit of a psychedelic phase and all I can picture is like Harry Shearer's character with all the like wild facial hair. And then, you know, late seventies, early eighties, they're just going full into like rock, heavy metal, like hair band, crazy set pieces. Yes. So for This Is Spinal Tap, it was shot more of that cinema verite style. So that's French for truthful cinema. Um, and it's, um, you know, more, it's a certain style of documentary filmmaking. And it combines improvisation and uh, with the use of the camera to unveil truth or highlight subjects hidden behind crude reality. So just well, I'm just going to push up my, my nerd film kid glasses there. It's French for it's a certain French I don't for- know what. <laughs> Hey, man, I don't want to be a jerk. I actually had no idea. I mean, I had, like, thoughts about what Cinema Verite meant, but I never cared enough to look at it. And I don't, you know what I don't like? I don't like when people knowledge hoard too much, right? Or... I've never heard that term before. I just I just don't like when people are like, Ugh, you don't know that. Or, like, when there's that disdain, right? I like to... I'm a librarian. We like to, we like to share knowledge and information. Do you encounter that? Like now versus, I mean, obviously, like when we were younger and people like feel they can have a one up on you with certain knowledge. But have you encountered that recently? I haven't been around people. Okay. Well, like, I mean, like even on like social media, like, oh, you've never heard of this Polish filmmaker named Bobby, Bob, Bob. Like, no, I haven't. (laughs) Robert, Bob, Bob. Robert, Bob, Bob. I've heard of him. Robert, Bobby, (laughs) Bob, Bob. He's incredibly talented. You know what? What's kind of his like... hands are just magic. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but <laughs> uh, it's my margarita I had 30 minutes before this. Show. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a margarita. I'm gonna make a martini when we're done. Anyway, there we go. Music, music. What is what is it's sort of like a double edged sword about social media is that you really curate who and what you see, right? Mm. And so because I don't like that experience more since we've moved away from like 10, however, 10, 15 years ago of like hipsters and this and like so exclusive. I'm like, I don't really like that. I don't surround myself with people like that. Like I am much more into people who are like, oh, you never heard of this thing? Cool. Let me tell you more. Or like, oh my gosh, you are, you are in for such a treat, you know, instead of like, I can't believe you don't even know about that. Like just miss me with all that bullshit. That's everywhere in comics, so you just have to deal with it. Yes. Or figure out how to bullshit your way out of it. I just, it tires I'm like, me. God, you so haven't read that book. Oh, my God. It's so good. That's all, all the time. Oof, it bums me out, you know, because then I feel like people don't want to be open about, like, oh, can you tell me more about it? I think one of my things, too, is, like, I love when people just talk to me about what they're passionate about, like I don't even personally have to be interested in it, but to see somebody else come alive with their passion, that's, that's exciting for me. Absolutely. Like when Katie does talk about comics, she gets super into it. I really like it. I'm so into it. (laughs) (laughs) Art. So nerdy. 
Yeah, I know. Um, to correlate to my current uh, role as a librarian, in case y'all uh, didn't pick up on that every 15th time I talk, I mention it. Um, in 2002, This Is Spinal Tap was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry. So, way to go. If you didn't, if you didn't already know about it for This Goes to Eleven and its cult status, even the Library of Congress said, yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to know, so like, you know, we talked a bit about this with with uh, Little Shop, you know, where you know quotes from the movie before you've actually seen the movie. Like, Graham, you, you'd heard of This Goes to Eleven oh, and all yeah. that. But like, what did you think of the movie? Like, like seeing it in context and like, was there any other quotes that you were like, well, aside from that, that one song from Don't, Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. There was that one line, it's towards the beginning, where uh, their manager comes in and goes, oh, you know, the Boston gig's been canceled. And they're like, oh, they go, well, don't worry. It's not like it's not really a college town. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it, in case our audience, our listeners don't remember, all of us went to Boston University. So, yes, that, Just, I, I think I was like that was like my aim message like, away message for a bit in college. That's so funny. And I never, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, I, I like, like, it was just something that I put up there and not realizing the context of where it came from. Does that happen to you too often? Because that happens to me a lot where I will reference things and I don't know where the source material is. Like, it has gotten into the, the zeitgeist or, like, whatever else enough, and I'll know how to use it properly without knowing its origin. Like what? Um, I... Had did not see Caddyshack for forever, but I would use. So I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> yes, yes, that was that was recently on, and I caught a little bit of Caddyshack. Definitely of its time, mm-hmm. but yeah. still entertaining. Yeah. Um, but then I guess similarly, there was that episode of The Simpsons where Spinal Tap is in it. Mm-hmm. Are you guys aware of that? My uh, Simpsons. Uh, references spotty like oh I watched God. it a lot when I was a kid and I watched it uh, in college a little bit but like bits and pieces so it's not like encyclopedic like a yeah. lot of people's they're only in like the first like four minutes of an episode but I, I put on that episode after I watched it's like oh now oh now I get it oh fun I mean I kind of got it because it's like just the way that Simpsons is structured, like you don't have to necessarily get the references to get the jokes, mm-hmm. but which still. characters does Harry Shear play again on Simpsons? I mean, like uh, all of them, right? Lots Dozens of, them. of them. Um, I mean, we can look that up. I mean, it's I not a big does deal. he still do? I mean, did he leave? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, because as I'm watching, I'm like, I'm like, it took me a second to to figure out his uh, his face, but I was like, oh, I'm like, that's not Dan Castanella. It's 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 Harry Shearer. I'm like, okay, what characters did he do? And then I just was lazy and didn't look it up. So he does Principal Skinner, Ken Brockman, Mr. Burns, Mr. Smithers, Ned Flanders, Reverend Lovejoy, bunch of other ones. Yeah, awesome, so impressive. I can't believe I didn't know that they had done a little bit of this is Spinal Tap. Like even if Harry Shearer hadn't been in it. I feel like they would have included it because this is Spinal Tap is so well known, but of course they did. So now I want to go. I want to go and watch that and just understand it on a whole nother level. <laughs> I like that. What were your favorite? What was your favorite song in this? I so uh, the, my two my two favorites are you know to tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight and uh, tonight big, I'm gonna rock booty. you tonight. Yeah, because they have two of my favorite lines ever that just stick in my head. In uh, in a uh, big booty, it's a it's a my baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. I want to sink her with my pink torpedo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, romance. I know, and then and then yeah, the 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 for with tonight I'm gonna rock it tonight. It, yeah, the one my favorite line is like, um, little girl, it's a great big world, but there's only one of me. Uh, you're too young and I'm too well hung, but tonight I'm going to rock you tonight. Mm. <laughs> and they make me laugh. Um, and they, they're earworms, too. I like mm-hmm. the Stonehenge song a lot. Yeah. 
Especially the part where Christopher Guest comes in like, oh, that actually sounds really nice. <laughs> what sequence is it where they're all in those cocoons and Harry Shearer cannot get out of the cocoon? <laughs> <laughs> Until the end when everybody goes back and they that go That was the so end. It was hilarious. Funny. And he just keeps going. Like, the commitment. <laughs> and he's just, like, looking around. They're all stuck in these cocoons. And two of the cocoons open, but Harry's is not, and he's stuck inside trying to play his giant bass guitar. And, like, you've got the roadie who's going around, like, just, like, trying to pry it open and then, like, yes. trying to use a blowtorch oh to open it up. So and I can just funny. see professional musicians just, like, cringing, thinking about elaborate set pieces that they've done yep. that just went awry. And I'm both, like, enjoying it, and it's so hilarious, and I'm awkwardly just like in pain thinking about like oh but oh Oh my god my other favorite part was when they were trying to go to the stage and they couldn't find where the stage was (laughs) which is based on a real uh experience so basically they're weaving themselves around the hallways of this like basement underneath the stage and they're like all right where are we going all right woo rock and roll and then they're like oh this is a dead end oh turn around okay rock and roll that was a real thing actually yes that actually happened i mean not the exact same thing but it happened uh to a band and so there are a lot of these things where they were inspired by others right and so Wanting to do little takeoffs on that. But yeah, it, I just like, I feel, I feel like I'm having a hard time even recalling things, even though I took notes to just think about like all of the little hilarious pieces, which I think is what makes this so great for rewatching and also again just appreciating that artistry of like those little things like Katie like you were talking about like that quick line from Billy Crystal and everything else and I want to find out if they're I wasn't able to find it in my cursory searches but to find out more from the editors to see like how did you pull all of this out and like what are the things that you had to leave on the cutting room floor in order to make such a great such a great tight film i think like the gag about their drummers that keep like dying or going missing <laughs> was just hilarious because there have been so many bands who just like cycle through certain members like mm. and like at the end they like make it like oh and then he died yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> <Just> spontaneously combusted <laughs> like yeah that's oh just my God. the part the part where they are going to perform at some amusement park and their name is uh, it's like puppet show and this is spinal tap and they're just like how what no <laughs> i specifically asked spinal tap and then puppet show <laughs> uh it's funny like i know you're supposed to hate the girlfriend but man do i hate the girlfriend I cannot stand her. She who, and I don't. I'm not familiar with that actress. Me either. I don't know if she. Sorry, if she's listening, I'm sorry to be so disrespectful. But who are you? What happened? No, to you? I, you did a lovely job at making at making me hate you. So thank you because I know that's what you were supposed to do. She was great. Yeah, I think she played that role so well. Yes, it just seemed like everybody involved was just keyed into the level of of mocking that they were going to do but they just mm-hmm. kind of the, the way they were able to play it so straight like nobody is like screaming mm-hmm. being totally outlandish it's just kind of played so straight which was what makes it i think so so funny because i think so many comedies are trying to play to the rafters and they're mm-hmm. not doing that here oh my god that's such a good point because when you I mean if you look at something like we watched walk hard which is completely the different type of uh comedy and sense of humor than this but they're both like mock you rockumentaries mm-hmm. i yeah that's 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 a uh, that's a good point yeah i feel like in walk hard there there was that implied like winking at the camera and like overdoing um and maybe that was part of their intention right you know walk hard came out you know 30 what is it 20 30 years later and could go to that wanted to go to that next level, but I so much appreciate something that just like threads that needle a little bit better. Or like when we watched Mixed Nuts and we were like, but there were so many amazing actors, but when you brought them all together, it kind of fell flat, you know, whereas this just, I, I was never bored 
during any of it. Like, even though I'm having a terrible time at recall, but we know I have a terrible memory. I don't remember like staring down at my phone or getting distracted or being like there were always something to pick it up and to make me laugh. Because I think, yes, because one, this is this this is the kind of film where it's good to have close caption on because it'll pick up like what side characters are saying, too, because those side conversations are still pretty funny. Um, But, yeah, I think because it's like it's not so nuts that you're like, oh, I need to pay attention because there's not going to be a cadence to make me like pay more attention if they're louder. I have to really stick with it. No. And unfortunately, like knowing that, knowing that so much of it, like almost all of it was improvised. I mean, the actors had to pay so much attention to each other. Right. And so that comes across throughout the whole film, you know, and, and just the way that the editors were able to, to pull this entire story together. Even just including the little, like, bits of, like, it almost, like, through the end credits, like, including the little, um, you know, other bits of interviews, it almost felt like the editors used, like, points of story that wouldn't lead, like, that wouldn't service their overall story, but that were still really funny, like, the bit about, like, Nigel working at a haberdashery, (laughs) um, you know, what and are the I, hours? Yeah, what, what are the hours? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're we're out of that. Yes. Yeah, I could do that. Oh, so good. Yeah, I. So I was reading like other things that were related to or inspired by this. Um, so apparently, J.K. Rowling, um, who I really don't like as a person anymore, but I love Harry Potter because she sucks and she's a total turf. And fuck yep. you, J.K. Um, fuck you. She said that she cited Spinal Tap's series of drummers as inspiration in the Harry Potter series and how um, no defense against the dark arts teacher ever made it through a full year. And so I was like, point. well done. Well done, Spinal Tap. Um, and apparently there's also a comic book that was released in 2018 called That Was Spinal Tap, telling the fictional story of the band and the real-life tale of the actors and the others who created it. Yeah, it was, it was scripted by Rock and Roll Comics co-creator J. Allen Sanford. So we talked about comics, whatever. So yeah, what? Let's talk a little bit about what came after this, because although there were a few things that came before, there was um, some sketches on SNL about this, I feel like just satirical documentaries or mockumentaries in the last 10, 15 years have really had sort of a heyday. You know, we have The Office, Parks and Rec. But let's talk about the folks who are in this. Christopher Guest is amazing, and you should be watching his entire catalog, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. I mean, if you haven't seen these, highly recommend. Can I plug one for Christopher Guest, though? He did a very small film called The Big Picture, and Jennifer Jason Lee's in that. I think it made like a hundred and ten thousand dollars when it came out. It like no <laughs> one saw it, but it's an interesting, quirky thing that I think it came out maybe in nineteen eighty nine. Um, but just a plug for that movie. It was always on Comedy Central growing up. That's the only reason that I know it exists. <laughs> I yeah, I never even heard of it. Yes, the big picture. Yes, with okay. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. It made one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. And then, of course, Christopher Guest is married to the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis, which just, like, talk about a fantastic couple. Power couple. Did you see her at the Golden Globes? Looking amazing. I saw the photos, and I saw her tweet where she's, like, something like, the ladies are are back home now or something something like that. The ladies are back home. I guess her boobs were out. Oh, her breasts. Yes. Good for her. The boobies. I, I will go to my dying day saying she was absolutely robbed of an Academy Award nomination for her performance in Freaky Friday. <laughs> so I mean, random. I wouldn't have picked Freaky Friday, are you, although are you, are, I love that movie. No, like, I, love like, I really enjoyed she it. She is right? phenomenal in that movie. Oh, yeah, she's no, fantastic. I, agree. I love her. Oh, my God. Just love everything about her. Mm. Yeah. Love you, Jamie. Can't wait to have you on the pod. Uh, <laughs> if only. Oh, my God. We could talk horror. We, 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 we could talk trading places. Movies. Yes. Mm. So Rob Reiner, oh my God, he had like the craziest start to a directing career here. I mean, these are the the titles that came next for him. It was The Sure Thing, Stand By Me, Mm. The Princess Bride, Mm. When Harry Mm. Met Sally, Mm. Misery, A Few Good Men, The North. 
I was Ameri- about to say, has he made any yeah. bad films? Well, yeah. But then The American President, that's like the, like 11 years. And then it kind of like starts going downhill for people. What, what a stretch of... There's like four classics, in, five classics in there with oh, This yeah. Is When I'll Tap, Stand By Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally. Misery is a classic. Oh, my God. So, Which I've actually fucking... never seen. Misery? Oh it's great. It's great. Can we add it to the list? Let's talk, it can be about um, unrequited love. Oh, okay. Mm. But yeah, like, what a, an amazing career he had. I mean, also, he, he dabbles in acting. Um, I think around that time, a couple years later, he was in Postcards from the Edge with Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine. Um, directed by Mike Nichols. I'm reading his biography right now, so I'm like knee-deep in Mike Nichols' life. Um, I did get Great to director. part. Yes. <laughs> so, y'all, does this stand the test of time? God, yes. I think it's I think so. I think it's great. I think it's pretty timeless because I mean we're always going to have like hopefully we always have like bands and like people that are in this these kinds of such situations. I don't know. I I feel like this yeah, I think it's pretty timeless. No. Oh. I think it is enough like of the time for that genre to just really get into it, but for that to also like transcend right you know i mean not to not to shoot too far but you know how shakespeare just like endures but it's also very much of its own time yes um, i feel like that's wendy what this is shakespeare sentence. yes wendy shakespeare right katie wonderful <laughs> wilhelmina wilhelmina mm. shakespeare it's wilhelmina again Excuse go me. back and listen to our little shop episode <laughs> <laughs> it's a delight if y'all were in a band Mm. Okay. One, what genre? And two, what would you be doing in that band? Well, you guys know I was in a band for like five seconds. I don't remember. Can you please uh, remind us? I was a singer, even though I cannot clearly sing. And we just like did like, well, I wrote one song and it was horrible. And I tried uh, to write a song in high school and mine was also terrible. Yeah, it's really hard. Katie, sing us one. No, I I know. It was one. Please, please, for my birthday. I don't remember it. I swear to God. Your birthday is not for another, like, uh, ten months. You didn't get me anything for my birthday. You're right. I didn't. So sit for my birthday, No, I don't know. For Ashley's birthday. Guys, you didn't get me anything for my birthday last year. 2002. I don't know. I I swear to God, I don't know. What was it called? Was this how the lip ring came in? Because you were trying to be more edgy? and this. No. No, lip ring was just because I thought I was cool. No, not. What was your band called? Kitty and the Argonauts. FXIG. No. <laughs> I can't remember if we even had a name. We just like sitting around and like we tried to write songs and uh, one of my friends played the guitar and the other one played the keyboard. The keyboard or the keytar? The key, the keyboard. Oh, fuck yes, keytars. <laughs> I think I sang in a few other things like like church stuff, but um, yeah, it was all like, you know, alt rock stuff. And then you, but if you also... do it now. Yeah. If you could do it now, would you also bring in your violin skills? Cello. Your cello skills. <laughs> cello. Uh, cello. Cello. If I did it now, all right, so clearly we're assuming that whatever you pick, you'd have to be talented at, right? Well, no, you could. it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll have the talent. This is just, you'll have it anyway. Yes, and I'd also wanna... as a side note, like, let's just do stuff that we're not talented at, right? Like, I mean, we're doing a podcast. I'd want to be <laughs> true. <laughs> I'd want to be like a like a like a, a lounge singer, sexy ingenue, like you could play with the like late at night with the piano mm, or whatever. Sexy. Like that would be that would that's what I would pick now. What would about you guys? Would you lie? Would you lie on the piano? No, no, it no. hurts the it affects the diaphragm. Oh. What if you laid on your side and then you could like expand your diaphragm and your yes. rib cage so you could breathe. And you it's can the wear like moves me. Oh you could God, be dripping so with diamonds and like Veronica Lake waves in your hair and oh just dressing like up a martini, cling, like a, like a martini bar kind of a thing, right? Like, yeah. Ooh, you're yeah. Some some jazz songs. Yeah, something like that. Okay, loving it, Ashley. It's a really great question. If I imagine myself I as having a musical career. I would want to see myself fluidly moving through genres kind of like This Is Spinal Tap. But I've always thought that female drummers are really badass 
and I always regret that my brothers played drums and I never did, even though we had a fucking drum set. So I kind of regret, regret never learning how to play the drums because at a young age, I had very good... Oh, I always say this the opposite way. Eye-hand coordination, hand-eye coordination, um, whichever yeah. way it's supposed to be. But yeah, I played piano for like 10 years. Didn't want to. Wanted to quit for a very long time. But Bob and I talk about getting a piano again because he also played piano through high school. But yeah, I don't know what genre. I mean, I'm very into the like singer-songwriter alt-indie thing. And I feel like if this was pre me becoming like a emotional ice cube, I would, I probably would have done like very emo or very like, you know, opening up my heart, heart of my sleeve, whatever. Like Ashley Simpson, 2003. Oh God, no, like better than that. But I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking Paramore because of the red hair, you know, and you're a lady. I mean, I feel like I've heard good things about Paramore. So I'm going to take that. Oh, Paramore's great. Yep. I would also want to do sort of like a feist cat power type of deal. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I would like to do. Come get your mushaboom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Graham? Um, I'd be, I, I would be a solo act because hello. Yeah. <laughs> How disco influenced would you be? Oh, my God. Ex- incredibly so. Yeah. I would probably want to do like a mix of like Bowie with a little bit of like Patrick Cowley, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, definitely of that genre of that era. What would you wear? Yeah, I was gonna say, how outrageous would your costumes? Oh, be? Yeah, what, what would the look basically be? look up like Velvet Goldmine, the Todd Hayes film from '98, and I would wear that. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a character. Like you're up there, you're having fun. I like it. There is something kind of fun about that. I wonder if I would want to adopt a persona like a la Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana, so then I could like take that off and just be myself. No, that would be too hard for me. It would be too hard. No, because then you'd be like, oh. But I would probably want to create a separate character later on, like if I got famous and I was talented enough. You know, not like Chris Gaines, you know, of, who was that again? What's the country guy? Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, yeah. Can't remember his name. Do you know what that is, Katie? Yeah, no, he had like a hard rock persona, right? For like one album. Yes, I remember. I think Bob... Black black hair. And like like, the the eyeliner. Yeah, Bob made a joke that I did it just so he could wear eyeliner. And I was like, you know what? Eyeliner's fun, so... God, straight men, you can wear eyeliner. You don't need to create an alter ego. And you don't even have to call it guyliner. You can just call it eyeliner. Eyeliner. Eyeliner is amazing. I did, an ex-boyfriend let me draw like a David Bowie star on his face one time. Um, with makeup. Actually, I have a photo amazing. of you applying eyeliner to Graham. Oh, from college. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then a boy was mean to me that night and I cried. And then a lot of, the, all of it went down my face. <laughs> I do appreciate that little thought experiment that we got to have though, Graham. Um, I would love to hear from our listeners what kind of a band would you want to be in? Would you want to be a solo act? Would you want to have your main act as an alter ego? Would you be bearing your heart and your soul in music and lyrics? Are you going to just be screaming at the top of your lungs? Are you going to be doing wicked solos that make it seem like the guitar is smoking? I mean, are you going to bring in a sitar? What, yes. what would you do? Are you going to you make be? the sitar smoke? You know, it, it, it could be a, yeah. a exactly. combination exactly. of many things. I would, I would love to hear from our listeners. Again, Graham will post that on Instagram because we all know I'm not great at Twitter. So our engagement is, is kind of low on yes. there. So thanks, find Graham. Us at, find us at Let Me Intro. Wait. What is it again? <laughs> let, me, let Me Intro You Pod. Let Me Intro You Pod out on Instagram. I will respond to you yeah. because I'm always on it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just because you are so dedicated, not because yeah. social media is highly addicting and it was designed that way. Exactly. Yeah. Would we watch this again? Uh, 100% yes. Yes. Hard yes. So fun. Hard so yes. fun. Yes. Well done. Well, before Graham previews us for next week and our new theme, I believe, Graham, you have a mini let me introduce you, or should I call it a let me reintroduce you? Exactly. I was just going to say let me reintroduce you. Y'all, with all the streaming platforms everywhere, we it's so hard to decide what to watch. So 
couple days ago, I was on Paramount Plus, the new yes, the new uh, streaming service that was used to be CBS All Access. This is not an advertisement for them, but please send us your money. I would love to advertise. We came across the brilliant old dating show from MTV called Next. Which, if you recall, is uh, it's usually two two episodes in every like half hour segment, where a, a man, a woman in their early twenties would go on dates with people who come off the bus, and one by one, and if they didn't like the person who came off the bus, they would say next, uh, and then basically go through all these people. It's horrific. It's so much of its time. It brought me back to like being twenty again. Uh, oh, see, it reminds me of because I, I would watch it when I got home from school. Oh yeah, it was and like, it, it would like when we were in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would watch it because yeah, the way the way that like if the people come off the bus and then like you basically wait until uh, the person who is the uh, the like the, the, the main dater the main dater uh, would go through these suitors and then if uh, they did something or there was a deal breaker or something, it didn't matter. At what point in the date they were, they could have been on, like, driving a car. They could have been, like, in the middle of whatever. And they'll be like, you know, X, Y, Z, next. I'm done. Next. And they yeah, would collect, it was they great. Would collect it was trash. Money, money for every minute they, they were on the date. Yes, oh my God. you're right. The best, I forgot about that. The best is if they come out and they're immediately like, nice to meet you, next. And they collect $1. Or everyone, at the end. Yep. Yeah, at the end when uh, if the if the person dating uh, if the main dater stays with the person through the whole date, then uh, the suitor then can either choose to take all the money that they've earned or stay dating the person. Date, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the tables can reverse and they can say next. Everyone, do yourself a favor after this. Watch it. Go to YouTube and type in. It's type in girl falls off. The next bus. <laughs> Yay! Oh, actually, I remember that. It's good stuff. Everyone though. watch it. You have to watch it. It's so stupid. Basically, for anyone our age group, like, go back and realize how far we've come as people. <laughs> yes. Very of its time, but uh, highly next. recommended as trash. Yes. Sometimes you got to turn your brain off, y'all. We deserve it. Yeah. Is somebody going to do a mashup of this TV show and Ariana Grande's Thank You Next? I'm sure someone has. People got time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere on TikTok, right? Yeah. Oh, please. All right. Like those kids these days. With kids these days. They're very talented. They, they do the things. I almost feel like I could never get back into editing because I see what folks are doing and I'm like, oh, God, I suck. So, Graham, what's coming up next week? What are we doing? What are we transitioning well, to? Well, what a delight to wrap up our let's get musical. Let's go. Musical. Musical. Why aren't let's you singing Let's get musical. I'm sorry. <laughs> we tried. Well, we tried, uh, uh, but that's good. We at least we, we believe in ourselves. Um, so we're wrapping up. What is this? Our our third. Theme? It's our third theme that we're wrapping up. I thought this was the start of the next theme. No, it's like a up. good transition. We're no today. We're wrapping up our theme. <laughs> Follow along. Okay. Here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so. <laughs> Shut up! It's gonna be great for the blooper reel. Let's get John Henson on the phone. Just sort of, yeah. The host of Talk Soup. That's who John Henson is. Do you remember who John Henson is? <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined everything. Oh go, my go, go. God. Ruin it, make it even better. I don't know. Oh my God. So, Graham. <laughs> David Blanchett. Um, so, so fun talking about music. Now we're now we're going into kind of we're very excited about this new mini series we're doing, and it's I'm gonna coin it. It's a disaster. <laughs> so basically, we're gonna do four straight weeks of box office disasters of varying degrees, and we are gonna start next week with another guest. We are going to have a wonderful person named Ryan Davis on to talk about a... I know. You guys get ready for... I'm so excited. ...wonderful with Ryan. Um, We are going to be talking about kind of a a different kind of flop, which is an independent film flop Hmm. starring one Miss Parker Posey. 
and Tory Spelling. Oh, sh- the, the ever-present. Our third Tory Spelling movie in 20-some-odd <laughs> episodes. So we're going to be talking about The House of Yes with Ryan. Uh, it's his choice, and I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation just about independent film and when something is so heavily hyped, but then no one shows up to go when it was released in theaters. Um, do we want to give hints about what else is coming out down the road? If you Okay, so think of one word to describe your movie that you are going to be hosting. So next week is The House of Yes. The next week will be myself. And my hint for box office disaster is... Meow. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> Get, kind of guess good. what it is. Kind of guess. And then Katie. I, I ha- it's, it's a phrase. It's a phrase. One word. I can't do one word. Okay, one, one phrase. Go for it. Would you like to swing on a star? Oh. Mm-hmm. Is it Out of This World, the 80s sitcom from the... <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it is not. Okay. And Ashley? I would like to think of a phrase, but all of a sudden I just have one word stuck in my head. Gills. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's such a good clue. Man, you guys are, your clues are so good. This is going to be good. But yeah, so four straight weeks of what we think are going to be really fun conversations. Uh, just about big swings and misses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, kind of just the history of, of those films. So get ready for that we're calling it it's a disaster it's a disaster it's a disaster <laughs> you sounded so defeated Ashley, yours, yours kind of sounded sexy too. thank you <laughs> thank you i do have a slightly deeper voice for a woman and it served me well over the years well y'all as as always it has been a goddamn delight uh thank you for coming along this ride with us um we hope if you haven't seen this is spinal tap yet you will steal someone's hbo max login um and run do not walk to go see it and uh turn your tv up to 11 and really enjoy it 11 it go but it goes to 11 it's none more none more black All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.